0: Hey guys, this is Rob, and welcome to my podcast. Okay, here's the deal. I'm sitting currently on my front porch of my home in Minneapolis, Minnesota. It's raining outside. I'm thinking about how you listen to podcasts. What's the common denominator? Chances are, if you are listening to this podcast, this is not the first podcast episode you've ever listened to. Uh, What is the common denominator of your favorite podcasts? I think the common denominator obviously would be professionality. Whether it is a long format interview, whether it is short, uh, journalistic, storytelling, whatever it is, it is professional at the core. And I'm going to tell you right now, this intro is not that. For those of you that have been following along with the podcast, you know that I sit down with my wife Sarah. Earlier, Sarah and I were sitting at El Loro in Bloomington, Minnesota, sipping margaritas, uh, negro modelos, and let's just say we were a few dosakis in. By the time we decided, hey, we're sitting at the bar, we're we're eating nachos, we should record the intro to this week's uh, podcast episode with Mike Michael. So here you go. Before we dive in, just a disclaimer, probably the least professional intro to any of these podcasts I've ever done, and I'm totally fine with that.
1: Where do you live? In the city. Do you have a house?
0: Apartment. On a rent? Rent. What do you do for a living? Lots of things. Where's your office? Don't have one. How come? It's a long story. Do you have kids? No, I don't. How come? What's your record for consecutive questions asked? 38. <laughs> Why do you me? <laughs> talking to me. Who are you? Pop
1: quiz. Hot shot. Make me to go. You.
0: Hey guys, this is Rob, and welcome to my podcast. For those of you listening the first time, uh, this is where my podcast is where I sit down with people <laughs> I find it interesting to uh, try to figure out who they are and why they do what they do, get past what, what it is they do. Currently, Sarah and I are sitting at a Mexican restaurant in Bloomington, Minnesota. El Loro, the El best Loro. place ever. Great happy hour. And I realized, oh crap, I've got this Mike Michael interview coming out tomorrow. <laughs> we should go home, we should uh, drink some Guinness, and uh, make record- it happen. Make it happen, record the interview. But then I said, hey, why don't we just record it right now? Amateur hour. I just feel like an amateur. Oh, should I? I have a question. I think there's on, uh, someone left an iTunes question. Okay, give it to me. When I set out to do this podcast, for those of you that are listening for the first time, I want to make this podcast the most interactive podcast in the history of podcasts. So that happens in three different ways. One, leave a comment, rate, comment, and subscribe on iTunes. Five stars only. And when you do, it's, uh, listen, I'm super thankful for any of you that leave comments uh, on iTunes saying how you appreciate this podcast and what it means to you. But what I really want are questions for Sarah. In your comments uh, on iTunes... See, I'm, this is hitting me. That's fine. I'm going to keep moving on. Uh, when you leave your comments on iTunes, leave a question for Sarah. We ask Sarah these questions every day. The second uh, way we make this podcast the most interactive in the history of podcast is uh, you can write into the website. Go to thecuriouspod.com to see an interactive map where all these podcast interviews have happened. Even this one with Mike Michael, it happened at Dogwood Coffee in South Minneapolis or Uptown.
1: Uptown, yeah.
0: Uh, there's a map. You can see it. You can visit it. It's great. And the third way is the podcast hotline. It's in the show notes. What are you doing right now? I'm
1: just getting my sunglasses out of my hair.
0: There. Unsuccessfully. Moving on. The third way is you can call the podcast hotline and leave a message and we will answer your questions slash I will ask Sari questions. Today's question comes from John Weirick through the website and he asks... With so much travel you've done and places you've experienced, why do you choose to call Minneapolis home?
1: I think Minneapolis is such a great city because we have this major metropolis of, of city. You know, we have your speakeasies and cool cocktail bars and other places. Um, But it's also so close to nature And there's lakes everywhere And parks everywhere And you can go two hours outside of the city And be on an effing great lake That looks like an ocean You can say whatever
0: you want to say You can swear if
1: you want You can be on a fucking great lake So I love that it's a great mix of city and nature And I also love um, The diversity And the cultures represented here We have a huge immigrant population here And so there's just Such great diversity in the Twin Cities. It's just a really cool city to live in.
0: Yeah. That's really well put. Yeah. (sighs) Right. Let's dive into the podcast. But I would say that the majority of people that I have interviewed, if they're musicians I've interviewed for this podcast, know about Mike Michael. So this is a big deal. Let's just dive into it. I'm going to wrap this up by saying my interview with Mike Michael at Dogwood Coffee in Uptown Minneapolis. Bye-bye. We're not drinking Guinness. No, we are drinking margaritas. Today's episode, I'm so thankful I don't need to uh, say that we are uh, dealing with sponsors because today's episode, I'd have to tell you that uh, we love dosa keys and uh, generic suburban Minnesota margaritas. This is, this is the dumbest thing ever, but thanks for doing this now. This could maybe not have been recorded.
1: Well, this is all you get, so. Has uh, guitar always been your thing? My favorite things is the guitar's been my voice yeah. for expression and creation. It's been my voice for collaboration, but my favorite instruments are drum and bass. Really? So guitar is awesome. Yeah. But how I'm moved at this point in my life is a bass line or a beat. Really? Yeah. That's, those are the two things. Like guitars, again, I'm not saying I'm in yeah. into guitar cause it's still my creative tool and it's yeah. spiritual and all that kind of stuff. But I'm a bass line beat yes. guy.
0: Was guitar your first thing you picked up? Piano. Piano was. But okay. I always
1: wanted to play guitar. Yeah. That was just that was prerequisite, you know, Oh man, parental. that's so funny involvement you know
0: so, if so okay so if someone uh, if someone woke you up in the middle of the night 3 a.m mm. woke you and shook you and said what do you do for a living what would you say uh,
1: I'm you, a writer writer yeah so that could mean melody or lyric or yeah or, does it branch
0: out into outside of music yeah, too? absolutely absolutely cool. yeah man did, it was so was that always the thing was, was guitar first and then writing kind of came out of that you yeah realize
1: for a long time yeah and but for my my journey on creation and writing was about how do you how do you make an introvert an extrovert so the only time oh, I've that ever so
0: good I've That's ever so been
1: awesome. an extrovert is performance even at, like I was such a shy introvert I'm very quiet but even as a teen it wasn't about adulation it was about oh this is an opportunity a safe spot because there's other people on stage. Yes. I got a thing wrapped around yes. my body. Yep. Um, that I you can,
0: kind of have that shield yeah, a little absolutely. bit. Yeah.
1: So I can be who I know I am internally. And the writing part came in, well, let's take it a step further. Because I couldn't. I didn't sing nor could I sing at all. And about the early 2000s, I decided to, actually late 90s, um, just to try it. And yeah. it was more about not becoming a solo artist or a singer or a front person or anything. It was like a higher life lesson on coming out of my shell and expressing myself, which every artist needs to do it with whatever configuration yes. or whatever um, angle you like to do it. So that's what it was about, and now it's turned into a very fulfilling, natural n- n- necessity. Yes, so, but yeah, like so, in-
0: internal necessity.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like it's 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 nice to write positive because that's my, that's my shtick. So yes, good, meaningful storylines, um, positive outcomes. So that's become just as important as a, as a killer Jack White guitar riff, yes. which I still love too. Yeah,
0: man. Okay. I, uh, something, uh, my wife gives me a hard time and she would say this about this podcast thing is that I am drawn to, like having a point. Let me tell you, let's talk about the serious stuff just cuz I'm fascinated about what goes in right. to the thought process or we dive into deeper things. And she's like, "You you got to appreciate the uh just the fun parts too and like the good. You can be like bring that part that part of it that you can appreciate a song just for like the funness of like the, this rock line." And I wonder if that's kind of the same way of I um I do. I want to balance that, but at the same time I'm always more fascinated like maybe you are with the positive positivity right behind it in the positive message, I kind of feel myself like I love that. Sometimes I just love the point behind what we do. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Like it's not just about your riffing guitar solo that you just shredded down. It's about like the message behind it too, that can actually change someone.
1: Absolutely. Outside just the
0: moment of enjoying it.
1: Yeah. And we're so in it. Yes. That, um, I always forget that when it, when we're having fun performing, Um, we're, we're in our zone and all that good stuff. Um, yeah, that we're, we're serving a higher purpose that way, even though it's kind of like, man, this is kind of selfish. Like, man, this is kind of (laughs) easy. Is this (laughs) really a job? Yeah, totally. You know, the performance aspect, people need to know about the marketing part of it. Yeah. It's like, it's like I'm in my most Internal external bliss, it is the most spiritual thing on the planet for me personally. And then everybody's having fun. Yeah. And I'm adding hopefully some element of motivation or inspiration to mm-hmm. one's outlook on life. Or yes. you know. I don't know. I mean I we all play for different reasons, you know?
0: Yeah. Man, I when, you, when you're saying that, it's think, making me just think of myself, of uh, how binary I sometimes, my brain naturally wants to think and to say, well, this is either for, I'm either here to serve other people at the moment or I'm here and being selfish. Like you said, that feeling of selfishness. Mm-hmm. But I love the thought of the holistic thing. Like, oh, like I can do this and be completely fully myself, right. completely fully pumped about what I'm doing. Right. And you get something out of it, too. Absolutely. That's kind of
1: the beautiful thing to me. Absolutely. About... And I always wonder, because we don't have it documented, what music was before, you know, what... Yeah. What was it? Like, you know, we can surmise through some documents or some yes. sanscripts or whatever, or some painting on a on a wall in New yes. Mexico. But, yeah. But what... Like, we know what it is for us right now, but... How did it all start? Was it always ceremonial was it was it you know you know religious and all that kind of stuff, or was it you know what it is now yeah is it everything
0: yes, so I don't know how
1: how do you think
0: And you're reading stuff, how do you personally translate it if you had to surmise a guess
1: i I'm fascinated with who started singing and where did singing come from and then who yes. hit something Yes, and we don't know, yeah, we don't know. Was it, was it calling like during hunter gatherer season, or you know, was were people shouting out and doing vocal calls, or yes. I don't know. It's it's really cool to know the source of what we do. We really don't yeah. know.
0: Yes. Oh, the that's so source good. of it. Yeah, because it goes so far back, so far back, and yeah. because we do. I feel like uh, all the at least the musical history. I went to Nor. Uh, I went to school to study music. Yep. And I, the history only goes back a certain ways. Like you're saying, the documented version. Right. Like whether it's the piano or the drum, yeah. d- the drum set. Like, okay, what's beyond that? Yeah. I love that thought of who's the first person that started singing something.
1: So yeah. So it might be. So I was thinking about this um, lately, actually. Like, music might be so brainstem esque Like eating. I'm hungry. Oh, I'm scared. Uh, I'm thirsty. Like I'm wondering if it's on that level. Where it's like tones and rhythms are just as deep as that, as like a brainstem reaction, you know? Yes.
0: Oh. Man, I just, I, I, maybe it was this morning, I was listening to an interview by, who's who's the lead singer of Aerosmith? I'm just blanking Stephen on his name. Steven Tyler, Tyler. Yeah. And he was talking about, he did the American Idol thing. And one of his least favorite things about doing it, and what his biggest regrets about doing it was going in and telling some girl that she's not a good singer and it's making me think of what you're saying right now because he says i i never want to tell someone they're not a good singer because what if some day down the line she's feeding her children and she wants to sing right in this moment his thought was uh we're all singers and it shouldn't be this thing this competition and he was kind of looking back at kind of regretting possibly doing it yeah uh but it made me think of what you're saying right yeah. now, of like this internal core thing, right? Because I don't always feel that way, personally. Mm-hmm. Because once I got to a place in life where music became the thing that brings in the income, yeah. And you're
1: supposed to practice,
0: right? Yeah. And you get—I have all these friends. I have even people now of like, so how much? Do you, how much time do you spend practicing?
1: We practiced when we were 22. Yeah, that's like, what. That's what. Sixteen to twenty-two was was your woodshedding years to get your voice, and then you're you're basically from that moment on, in my opinion, learning people's tunes. (laughs) What do you do during the week? I learn a lot of music. Yeah, that's kind of my totally different woodshedding, but yeah.
0: Oh man, yeah, and you just don't this thought of like you well you need to set aside time to practice and make it work, which maybe there is something to that, but the thought of what about the part that of it that's ingrained inside of you? Like you keep mentioning, it's funny you say voice, right? Yeah. Uh, and you're, when you say you have your voice as a guitar player, I feel like that's a term that's thrown around Mm -hmm. in music a lot. Mm -hmm. I reached out to a couple people before we sat down and one of them was Ian Mm -hmm. chatting about you and one of his favorite things is he's talking about your voice, about how you have such a voice and a characteristic and a thumbprint he said Mm -hmm. on music. Uh, Was that intentional? Like the finding your voice thing, was it intentional for you to find something unique to you or did that just happen?
1: Yeah, I think, it. because this is going to sound pretentious because it happens with, you know, most musicians, is that I made very strategic, painful choices to, let's say, as a teenager, and again, I'm not trying to sound elitist or pretentious, to not be... I, I did play in a casual cover band, but... My first real band experience was playing an original group, and we put out a record yeah. when we were seventeen. And so our, our whole path was like, okay, I can't like shred blues right now, and I can't do this or do that. If, if somebody asked me to go, hey, can you play, you know, American Pie by or what is it, um, Don uh, McLean? Yes, by yeah, 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 yeah. Um, you know. I can't play it because I I could play it if you showed me the chords, but I, yeah. I I'm not a jukebox.
0: Yeah, you didn't just dive down yeah. and
1: yeah. But so I think there's specific paths for different kinds of musicians since we're all different and designed to do different things. I knew that I had to be resourceful and I had to take the risk of not being a traditionalist. And there's a lot of stress. Um, as a kid, as a teenager, like not being able, you know, I played Jimi Hendrix Fire, but the solo was like kind of close, but not yeah. the solo. But yes. it's like, there's a lot of shit I got for, oh, yeah. it, you know, not being a, you the know, nailing it, the piece nailing it part,
0: piece piece, but, yes. you know, when
1: I'm home, I'm trying to write original melodies and chord progressions for my band. So, um, I just think that that was the choice in the Avenue. Yeah. And the reason the voice is strong is a, I had no option i felt that music was my only option uh, yeah path and i just followed my instincts man i just knew that was the path and i've i've always it's funny it took me to my 30s to feel that my sense of afro-cuban swing or blues melody or traditional groove and yes it took a long time um to become you know Semi competent with American roots music, which yes. I listened to. Yeah, when I was fifteen, yes. I was listening to Albert Collins oh, yeah. and Roy Buchanan and everything on Alligator Records and all the Three Kings and all the blues stuff and Stevie Ray Vaughan and all that stuff. But I couldn't. I could kind of. I had a funky wrist. I always think of the edge of you too. Yes, the dude that didn't sew a lot, but when you listen to Sunday Bloody Sunday, he's doing <sighs> Latin triplets. You know, yes. yes. So that was that was cool. Um, but yeah, that's that's. It took that long to feel like, oh, I can play traditional music or cover music or interpret somebody's parts, um, well, versus always leaning on the original thing that I was doing on the side or whatever. So oh man, okay. So uh, I was a late bloomer that way. Oh, which is,
0: I'm the exact opposite. Not that I dove in and was nailing things, but my thing was kind of. I, I what I'm great at is listening down and learning, hearing like a bass part and reproducing it. Like I feel mm-hmm. like that's a natural thing for me. I don't know what it is in my the way my mind works, and so I was the opposite way of just learning parts in the in the whether I was like playing in church or with different people. Right. It's like hey, here's a bass part, so I learn it all that stuff, mm-hmm. and then it wasn't till maybe yeah, early when I turned 30 or mm-hmm. maybe 29 where I was like, man, I, what is my voice? What do I sound like when I talk instead right. of just right. repeating? And uh, So to me, when you're saying all this, I'm like, oh man, that's such a cooler, that's a cooler avenue of the way you came into it of like, I have my voice and now I'll bring other
1: stuff in. Right. And th- But there was pain with that. I didn't get a lot of gigs. Oh, really? So it's, it's very isolating at times because like, oh, he does that thing.
0: Versus like,
1: oh, I'm, you know, let's say Mike Campbell from Tom Petty who can do all these American roots based bluegrass country, Americana, rock and roll. Um, Yeah, it it took. So that was my journey. It's like it still is my journey of. um, And I don't want to sway away from your question or anything. No, that's yeah, that's fine. um, Is that music for me right now, teaching a lot. I learn all the modern stuff, which is cool. But I'm actually really interested in what I missed from 1950 to 1975, like cool. the Al Green catalog and yes. you know all the all the crazy, cool the Carter family. You know what I mean? Yeah. all the stuff I missed out on.
0: So now you're going back going and you're back. hitting the, hitting all that stuff. Yeah, it's like oh man, that's cool. Yeah, man. So, uh, how, what's that been like? It, the Exhilarating. Diving, is it just oh, it's an so obsession. new? It's totally uh,
1: so I love it yeah I love it um, you no know, just finding out you know because we're so lucky to be in this country because we exported all this kind you know all these genres of music but um, to be in, you know be an American guitar player and just see what that's like and know that can be part of my arsenal yes um, it's not totally my thing but it's way more a part of my thing lately is more traditional riffs and and you know uh hand me down yes riffs from yes way back when
0: man and then you start realizing uh oh this is where then this is where this came from this guy's doing this exactly. and oh the person i thought that was doing something totally original totally wasn't doing that he nailed it uh man and i say like i have this big experience one of my biggest weaknesses is um one of my big news weaknesses is the back catalog in my musicianship. Mm-hmm. Like I would just recently, this past year of friends uh, diving into like, oh, you didn't, you don't know like t- all of Tom Petty's stuff. I'm like, no, I haven't dove into it. I, I think
1: there's a lifetime for that. Like, yeah. I'm I'm the same way. It's yeah. like it's like taking me x amount of years to 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 know what everybody's yes. I'm kind of talking about in and the, and the deep cuts. Oh,
0: okay, man, that's so encouraging because I, I just do so much nodding in my head so many times <laughs> and Like my music friends of like oh yeah I, I yeah. totally n- never heard and of that so
1: I don't know if you do any teaching but you know, I, I think you know, I teach a lot of adults and they really help so if somebody's let's say 10 years older than me they have yeah. a different music experience and um, so that's been really helpful on yes um, being influenced by students who are really good historians on American music um, and going back like the meters and all that you know yeah that kind of stuff so
0: oh man oh yeah. yeah I love that okay so uh, I'm fascinated by this the uh, transition point you said it took you to your 30s to kind of feel like you're diving into this yeah. we we're in this world of a uh, you You should do this Oh you're a musician Well you should know All these bands Or you should know this And you just said A minute ago No you have a lifetime for it You don't need to feel Guilty about it Uh, Where do you balance uh, Or do you just not Do you just ignore it But where do you find Balance of The feelings of I should do this As a musician Versus I'm just gonna find What gets me
1: pumped Um That is a really good question I think I've always Just been prone to Whatever Whatever makes me happy Um Hmm because I, as a, as a sideman for many years, for, you know, well over a decade, um, learning lots of people's tunes and they were all coming from different angles, whether it was hip hop or folk or rock and roll or funk or whatever. Um, so I got, I felt I had a good education that way of learning yeah. different styles and still being to have some part of me in that, mm-hmm. um, but you know, I, I I made the decision that um, gigs, sessions, I'll kind of only do where I'll only do the ones that really I I really love the person and think they're a talented, yes, prolific artist. Or it's like it's okay letting go and getting your ego out of the way and go. You know, there's somebody better for that job. So there's a lots of lots of uh. ego check and just going. You know what? I'm gonna recommend. You know this person. Yes. Um, Even though I love to do it, I think you're gonna get a better, you're gonna get a better thing out of it. So,
0: man, okay, um, there's so much self confidence that takes to do, be able to do that, and the confidence that says, "This isn't for me," but the right things in the universe are gonna open up for me. I agree. It's like a mindset of uh, not of ignoring scarcity and saying, "There's enough for all of us. There's enough gigs and music for me." Is that? has that always been a natural outlook of yours? No, years? no, I
1: think that took years to cultivate of okay. you know, failures and successes and disappointments and then joys and then um, really taking control of your own life and your own willpower and going, What are you A down here to do? What do you need? That's a big that's mm. a big thing everybody throws around. Well, oh, my needs, my needs. But yeah, what are my needs? It's like um, yeah, I need to learn more about country guitar, so I'm going to do that and then I'm going to take a gig or hmm. but generally it's it's being confident, which I agree with that. There's enough to go around. I'll attract the the artists that need my sound, yeah. or vice versa. And um just just keeping it real on what do you need to be f- happy, man? Yeah, you know.
0: Oh, man.
1: I think, and, oh, and, I, and I'll so... follow that up yeah. because, you know, there's probably tons of session dudes who are listening to your podcast going, hey, man, I have to pay the bills, yeah. you know, picking and choosing, Yeah, you know, what's what's the luxury of that? So that's why I chose, A, I was drawn to music education and community work, but I had that safety net of mm-hmm. not being a total session dude anymore. I yes. was for 10 years or whatever it was, and that is i understand taking gigs yeah for survival so there's mad respect for that so i'm not knocking that yeah so i had a little comfort zone of being an educator and where my my income or bills were being covered by that um versus being a full-time session person
0: yeah man the okay that transition is fascinating to me because uh i feel like people don't talk about that much like people always say there's these goals in life you're supposed to um, aspire to be whether it's like oh I just want to be a session person or I want to be I want to be on tour I want to do whatever it is Sure. I feel like people confuse that with the fact of no what you really want is you want to be a musician who has a choice choice and freedom Beautiful is statement. the ultimate Beautiful that's the statement. ultimate goal yeah uh, and I wish I would have I feel like it's maybe the past year that I've learned that or at least it's been becoming aware to me
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I wish I would have had that on my radar my entire life of realizing the ultimate goal is that because then it's a great statement that seems just like what you're into like this will give me my freedom to pick and choose right to not say
1: yeah and you know locally in in minneapolis just because we're a heavy artist scene but not a heavy music commerce scene um you know it's just a different market up here there's you know there's a million people like you, or you know Gould you interviewed, Steve Gould, and we're talking about Ian, and it's like you, you can't go two blocks without somebody who's actually a badass. Yeah. So a that can be scary at times, but b it's like it's a great source of inspiration, and if you travel around, which you've done, you're like, oh man, the the scene. Okay, I'm 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 being. Um, beautifully tested by all the town around me to become a better everything. Yes. And that doesn't exist in most cities in the United States. Yes. There's pockets of good people, but this town is freaky weird. It like, is I, like I love it. I've been here twenty one years now. And I'm meeting people from let's say a generation prior to mine. Um I'm like, where have you been? It's not like we're in Yes. You know, this Sprawling L.A. metropolis. Yes, like you're in uh, you're in Lake Elmo. Yeah, and you played in these infamous bands, and you're an amazing player. And why haven't I ever known? How about you? you can just cross circles, and we have all the same friends, or whatever it is you exactly. meet someone like
0: Oh yeah, you're best friends with so and so, whatever it is. Exactly. You just miss someone for years.
1: So I think that's the cool mystical part about okay Minnesota uh, is that there's always somebody that's coming around the bend, younger. Or older doesn't matter that is prolific that you've you think you got your pulse on you know yeah it's like nope
0: which is a, it's a cool mystical thing if you have that mindset of there's enough to go around for right. all of us right but if if you're in the place in life which i've been before oh of scarcity I, mindset absolutely it's terrifying too. it is because i mean i just did a session this last weekend with a guy who's uh playing he plays trumpet and guitar and i realized oh bass isn't even your thing and you're a better bass player than i am all around whatever it is so Mm -hmm. it's this thought of like oh man if i'm going to be doing this but that
1: will come back to your your voice of the the nuances that you Mm -hmm. do that might fit a certain song or a certain artist yeah that's why there's hope with all Uh, that that's good that's good Um, and the other thing is i realize about human beings as a whole is we tend to forget you're always in this situation. I've been always we are sitting around the room and you're like, "Oh, I need a sax player for tune." Who do you know? And it's like the mind forgets the the old Rolodex of people you've encountered for so many years. And there's probably six sax players that you can't remember. Yes. So whoever comes up first gets the gig. Yes. So there's a lots of happenstance and and human beings, so it's always That is so good. being in contact with people. Will help what you're talking yes. about because we forget a lot. Ah, uh,
0: man, that is my—that um, is one thing I've been—I talk to people with when it comes to social media, that it because we live in a world that is like that. Just like you happen to pop on my mind. Yeah. The only besides communication and staying in touch with people uh, from a business standpoint, one of the biggest roles of social media is to keep yourself on. Like, oh yeah, I saw. Right. Me, I hit up Steve because I saw on his Instagram, Steve Gould. Oh, you're going to be in town this le- next week. Let's hang out. Right. You wouldn't have been on my mind. So I would say that because social media, I, I have such like a pushback sometimes against right. it. But it's just, it, you just made me think of like, there's so many other factors of you coming to someone's mind outside of, I feel like when I was younger, I used to think the way music works. Is as you meet everybody, everybody has their own spreadsheet mentally, mm-hmm. and whenever gig opens up, everybody runs through of like, okay, here's all the best people, and I'm gonna pick the the best person right. on my list. But that's yeah. just not how it
1: works. Right. Uh, and there's then, so many more and then there's out. the thing when people are busy. Yeah. And you get a call. Yeah. Because somebody's busy. Yes. So yeah, it's it is very challenging to do, but having that. Awareness and having that non-scarcity mindset is crucial to survival. Yeah. Uh, Emotional survival too.
0: To me your thoughts on this? My th- opinion about Minneapolis sometimes mm-hmm. is that uh, it's a big enough city for a lot of people to make it a full-time gig in the studio, and or whatever it is yeah, they're lots doing. Lots of records. There's being a made. lot of stuff doing that doing, being made, but sometimes it's not a big enough city for those people to turn things down all the time to get the under people from whether maybe you're in LA or Nashville or New York. Sometimes I just feel like it's when you're talking about the economics, uh, sometimes I feel like it doesn't seem to be enough for people to be turning down a lot of stuff. Cause you have the studios where the same guys, the same group of friends right. are just always going to be in there recording. Right. I don't know if, um, uh, I, let me form that into a question. So here's what I'm curious about with you is, um, Minneapolis, and then the next common one for at least my friends is Nashville. The question I'm always getting asked is, yeah. "Why are you moving to Nashville to like really do music and make it in the world?" Right. So it, w- when you mention economics of music, yes. What do you think is the difference between Minneapolis and Nashville?
1: Okay. And what so, do you think
0: Minneapolis could maybe do better? I don't
1: I, I don't have a lot of experience with the Nashville yeah thing. I'm actually as I do a rebirth here as a songwriter. I've been researching and Mm -hmm. doing that thing, and um, I feel this. Um, So I lived in California for five years in Los Angeles, and oh, cool! And was never, and I was really young, really, really young. But there was always an opportunity to get some gig, not even as a musician. I could go work at some management company, you know, part time, and be around Lenny Kravitz. And like yeah. i could just walk in and go i'm from the midwest i work hard and i'd be hired yeah so the commerce comes with all the managerial offices the publishing companies like all of the the legal offices the other thing is global traffic that's one thing that we're missing being seven hours isolated from chicago is the global the business the music business people and the let's say the the movie world or the T V world, that's a whole nother Yes distribution system yep. of income and opportunity. So I always felt that Minnesota was a mystical place to create an original project and cultivate it affordably. Hmm. I do feel that Nashville, LA I don't know about New York. We probably have many friends in New York that are Doing well and doing their thing.
0: Yeah, I'm not really familiar with that music scene. Outside, of like, I just assume jazz is going on it, there. It's,
1: you know, just from afar. I've I haven't played there since 2009 or 10, um, but we'll be going back in the fall, so that's good. Um, I think that's totally sh- shifted. There's still a, a heavy duty, cool Brooklyn scene for multiple genres of music, and the East Village yeah. has some cool venues still. Um, but I, I feel that because our income has shifted from selling records to music licensing or that kind of thing that Nashville and LA are very fertile right now. And it's just because there's more buildings that say music on them. Yeah. That's a long-winded... No,
0: that's great. So, man, I I, I'm fascinated by that because I I think the the only major touring experience I have is with uh, like for the actual like bigger tour is Owl City mm-hmm. and even our tour after that everybody lives in Minneapolis we rehearsed here but the tour actually the final rehearsals and the tour bus and everything went yeah. out of Nashville so it's funny to me of like one of the biggest pop bands coming out of this area right the tour is still starting and going out of nashville right uh i don't know of any tour bus com- music tour bus companies in the twin cities sure uh so it's just even that that thought of well it's just the it's a glo- not a global city like nashville la is like you're saying isn't something i've thought yeah, of Yeah, and
1: we now obviously we have we're online and minneapolis is, has an, an incredible reputation yeah. as an artistic community I just think it's geography, man. I just think that's in I'm an outsider. So, I'm I wasn't born here, so I get to say that. You're from and, Ohio? Yeah. It's and Ohio. I get to take all the ridicule for that statement, too. Yeah. If somebody disagrees, that's fine. But living in Los Angeles and then not being born here um it's up here. It's up yeah. there, and that's just kind of the deal, and that's okay because there yeah. are benefits of creativity that come from that isolation in our yeah. geography and weather which is really real um, but yep. I, I will say to say you were trying
0: to take an 810 in the yeah, yeah. January in yeah. Minneapolis to a gig yeah. oh my
1: god um, but what's really fascinating to me is what I missed out on is when Minneapolis was what we're talking about yeah okay so we had um, was it um, we had record companies here we had managerial offices here so both in as we know the sort of R&B world with um and funk world with the whole Prince camp and all of the wow the umbrella of artists that came from that world and then you have the whole indie rock mm. development or alt rock which was New York, London, LA, DC, Detroit and Minneapolis yeah so we have at the same time if you think about it you know the the, the first alt rock guard we'll call them. You have Jayhawks Husker Du Replacements um, Soul Asylum and then the whole Prince camp all popping at the same time so Commerce was here records yes. were being made here but the business decisions were and then you know Paisley Park was the what you're talking about where people came and did records and toured yes. prepped and the sound yeah. stage and all that stuff um, and so that's really fascinating to me how that naturally left and why didn't that stick? If yeah. we were the pre-Seattle of the 90s, if Minneapolis-St. Paul was the global bomb from 80 to 88, 89, yeah. like why didn't commerce stay? Yes. Which is fascinating, but I don't know <laughs> the answer to that. Yeah. I was going to add yeah. I was going to ask you, I was I like, have, why do you think? No idea. I don't but know. Y- we were, we were like, this was the shit up here. Like yeah. everybody knew where Minneapolis was. Yeah. And everybody, you know, I don't know. It was a thing. It yeah. Was, it was a movement.
0: Oh man. Okay. So if you, if you were said, okay, like you're now the CEO of the entire music scene of Minneapolis. Yes all the bands, everybody, we're going to follow your lead. Would you, do you have anything that you could point out as, okay, this is what we need as a commu- music community. Mm-hmm. And this is what would take us there. Well, anything I th- come to mind? Sure.
1: Well, I think, you know, what slug and Ant and all the rhyme sayers do guys are doing with sound set is really smart. Bonavere with the Eau Claire deal. Um, and then you have policia and all those bands. Um, they have their record label, so there are that's i think there's a lot going on right now yes so i would say how can every genre of music have some hub you know some hub so there are there's business behind all these artists and the business is here but you know um so more hubs more business hubs and the other thing that i i think i read that austin is doing is they're why do you go to Austin, Texas? Yeah. It's like, well, in the winter maybe the the keep it weird motto and the weather yeah. and then <laughs> South by Southwest and the yeah. food and but culturally it's because of the music. Why do you go to New Orleans, food and music? Why do you go to New York? Well it used to go because of the music and architecture and food and all that kind of stuff. Um and history. But yeah, it's like how do how do it join so many subgenres of music we're all spread out. We're all in different scenes. How do you make state government or local government like? How do you draw people from France or Idaho or Alaska? why do you know? Why should they come here? Because there's all these artists, but I just don't know if we're totally unified. Yeah, and I don't know what that takes. So I don't have the answer to that. Like why is Austin, why are they going to, you know, musicians are headed towards health insurance. I think there might be our be a program. Um, but I'm getting on a plane because there's like killer blues at Anton's. You know what I mean? Yes. So I don't know.
0: Man, I, it almost seems like a mental ownership of the things you're saying of this thought that we need to somehow, if we could as a community break through this thought of, well, uh, yeah, so and so's made it big because they they moved down to Nashville. They're they're out in L.A. right now because that, that's where it's going. It's almost like we need enough people to say no. This is where it's happening. Right. We're all going to let's make it happen here. Right. That's why I have so much respect for people that do do that. Like you said, the, the Bonivares. Yeah. The thought of like no, this I'm going to stay here and right. make where I'm at happen. Absolutely. And, and
1: build it here, which is ballsy. Yeah. Because there is that temptation of the, the traditional two or three cities that you can go and you know have hopes and dreams of a shot or whatever you want to do um but yeah how do you draw international bodies to minneapolis and how do you unify and then how do you build more commerce here um and you know i i don't know what it is you know i think when the super bowl came by everybody was like wow super bowl and it's blah 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 but everybody's like god it's pretty fucking cold here yes yeah so maybe that's it (laughs) (laughs) i don't know know, you just can't help it i don't know is
0: there okay um oh man is there a benefit to all this stuff like you you talked about a few minutes ago of saying minneapolis seems to be a place where you can come in and cultivate something yes cultivate arts is there is there a benefit to it Of it being kind of a little bit uh, removed from the industry, the economics of it?
1: Does Um, that play a part? You know, it's just, it's just, there's such every, it's just such, it's a grounding place for me. Hmm. And for me, it's, it's a constant, um, it's a place where I'm constantly inspired. Yeah. But I don't know how you feel. I've always felt like, okay, um, I'm very happy here. I'm happy being surrounded by people like yourself mm-hmm. who are you know positive and uber talented and inspired and there's great radio stations here can get this
0: on recording Ugh, just like so i can wake go. up every morning to, yeah right, i can do and this there's great
1: radio <laughs> stations right yeah so that's that's cool we got killer killer radio people here yes um I don't. These things just might take a lot of time. I don't yeah. know how Minneapolis. But think about if Minneapolis was the bomb for eight years or whatever. Yeah. How long did it take to get that? Do you know what I mean? I've I've never thought about that. Like, how I've do you? Never thought about that. How did it become the global epicenter what of the happened? world? Yeah. Literally. Yeah. Because New York was '60s and '70s. Minneapolis was the '80s. St. Paul, too. Sorry. And then '90s was west coast and then now with
0: it just keeps keeps going further so now we got China for the, yeah, the I 2030 mean, Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I don't know
1: how we're gonna cultivate a scene if yeah everything's everything you know yeah like we now know what people in Mongolia are doing yeah you know because of the internet and YouTube yes. and I don't know okay so
0: that is fascinating to me the thought of the internet being um, the we are in such a global community now because really the thought well, we're seeing crosses. all the
1: buskers in Europe totally constantly on a daily basis that are brilliant musicians yes. so it's like okay yeah I know where what's happening in Madrid yes and you could if, if a session came
0: up you could be in Nashville piece of cake for the whole weekend right. and or any on the other side of the world for uh, a session in Paris whatever it would be it's all open so how do we how do we function and utilize I don't know a global economy and there was a sense of global communication at least i'd right. say but still
1: be true and like stay here because there I, would have to be some s- state of the union where we we all just drop our individual you know, journey yeah, for a week yeah and go okay hey, this will benefit us all if we promote where we got our inspiration from you know i don't know
0: it's, that's it's, interesting it's yeah it's that's so complicated cool, I mean, that's a cool idea
1: did you, have you found any other cities in the United States where you're like, oh, man, there's something going on here. This is great.
0: Yes. I feel like I've seen micro versions of that. Here's a, here's a great example. Recently, mm-hmm. um, it's not to the level of Minneapolis, but of size. But Appleton, Wisconsin? Man, Appleton, Wisconsin has something really cool happening there where they are, there's a love for music. And they're bringing musicians in. Wow. Yeah, they do... And it's not... Is it Mile of Music? Yeah. Have you heard of Mile of nope. Music? It's mm-hmm. awesome. And the, they put on a week-long festival or whatever it is, and they're bringing in a bunch of acts, and it's it's a community thing. They said, right. as a community, we're going to value mu- live music. There you go. And it may be, yes. obviously,
1: easier to do with a population yeah. that isn't 3.5 million. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
0: But it has to be... Uh, it, to me, it's. I just think of things in scales of... Uh, Minneapolis. I'm thinking of like scales as an axe. So I mean, you two, Taylor, Taylor Swift, and all of them are coming through and doing the U.S. Bank Stadium, right? Mm-hmm. So we have them, and then we have all these like. There's somebody playing at a coffee shop or a bar gig every night of the week in Minneapolis, and they're awesome. Yep. Every night, they, every night you can just say you could spin the wheel on a genre and go see that. Right. Essentially, and here
1: you'll be pleasantly impressed.
0: Yes, uh, and so you have these slower to mid-level things of, like, say those, or even, I'd, I'd put Ice House into that, where they're paying people to play shows, and they're compensating for mm-hmm. it. But then that mid-level, right above that, like the um, like the First Avenue size, mm-hmm. or those things, I feel like there's not a lot of that necess- I don't see a lot of that necessarily happening in the Twin Cities on a regular basis with local acts, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I, when I moved here 10 years ago, I feel like I remember First, uh, where you final? From? Nebraska, oh. Lincoln, Nebraska.
1: Awesome.
0: Originally. Yeah. And so, which I, is a
1: great
0: yeah, town. Duffies, yeah, man, I love, yeah. Duffies. Yes. And again, like Lincoln was one of those things where I did not appreciate until I left of how great of a town it was right. to like and live there. Omaha and, Saddle yes. Creek and-, and even the Omaha music scene did not even understand that there was that until I moved to Minneapolis mm-hmm. and then everybody was talking about going down to Omaha. Right. But I just don't feel like... I mean, when I, so when I moved up here, I feel like there was a lot of the fine lines or something like that. Like you had these these mid-level weekly acts right. happening. I just don't feel like I see as much of that. Yeah. It's, which, it's
1: tough where humanity is, and I think it's because we're at home. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of people at home. Um, you know, I'm older. That's interesting,
0: because we're at home.
1: Yeah. What, yeah. Do you,
0: what do you mean by that?
1: Well, I think a lot of people have our media out... Yes. mediaed out because we're phone people and um, I think the the revolution and of home theater and having mm. the indie oh, th- we're at, uh, the, yeah. at home home
0: not just home in Minneapolis we're, we're at home, home watching stuff we're at stuff. home yeah yes
1: so yes. Um, my oh. last little mini tour for the On The Men record is just a couple places but you know having good conversations with all the owners they're like, man, yeah, we're down 30%. Or it's just a lot of people... People aren't are, going how out. How about this? They're more People are more selective when they go out, where they're going to yes. go. Yes. Versus, you know, and this is... I can speak because I'm midlife right now, but um, I, didn't, I didn't have a flip phone. So it's like... And I have a cell phone. So it's like, I went to First Avenue when I moved to town probably twice a week. Yeah. Easily. Easily. Yes. So I, I agree with you that... The support for that um, was pre-technology.
0: Oh man, that's fascinating because now you have the things like streaming. Even and you can go watch grouping, House of yeah. Cards. You can totally. watch
1: twenty-four episodes of that yes. and just and, and, and binge it. Yeah, and binge it, or you know, go back in the day and do yeah. a Sopranos run. And,
0: at least like a, at least a few yeah. years ago, you had to choose to spend. Uh, uh, two fifty on a new release of yeah. Blockbuster yeah. Or, or just spend a few more bucks and go see a show right. and be out in the middle of yeah. it. The, uh, but I'm um,
1: hoping I'm hoping at some point people but this is me talking I don't know what I'm talking about, right? I hope people value the event because the, there is nothing quite like a performance of any sort. I just yes. want Man, yes. you are seen a good play, or a killer group where the energy's outstanding, or a festival, or an arts and crafts show, or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Yes. There's nothing like an event to take the human mind off their daily life. Yes. There's nothing like an event. Yes. And even though quality TV is awesome, yep. and I support it, and it's still inspiring... There's nothing for me personally. Yeah. I'm just speaking for you, There's nothing quite like an av- a human event. Yes,
0: yes. So. Man, I just listened to. Have you heard of a guy named Seth Godin? Yes. He I, he does a podcast I think called Akimbo now, and it's he talks about like business stuff, but a lot of relevant things for freelancers, and it's amazing. But he just talked about the importance of doing it live. I think it was an episode, and he was saying in the in the sense of bu- the business world of putting on a live event and public speaking. And finding the balancing act of, okay, in, in our world it's so much cheaper. You don't have to you don't you don't have to bleed anything to throw something out on the internet, right? But it takes something. It's an investment to put on a live event, but there's yeah. so much more value when someone goes to that, right? And the need of right. like that's not gone. That still needs so to be here.
1: Maybe we're in this cool little infancy stage of like being preoccupied with our, you know, home life yes. again. Which happened for centuries. Yeah, um, but maybe it's like I don't. I have no idea. Yeah. I can't speak for somebody who's 15 who's never mm-hmm. known anything but.
0: Yes, you know? man, that is. Yeah, I can't imagine. Yeah, the not having that and going out and having right. that be a part of your life and now trying to convince someone that there's right, value in that's it.
1: Our, that's our deal. Yeah, it's like, obvious to us. That's, yeah, it's like, well, this is what we do and this is mm-hmm. what people need, right? Yes. That's, what, that's our attitude.
0: But. Now, that, that makes me think of something. I've, I've, I'm hugely opinionated about something and that is the need for artists and musicians to think differently and more intentionally about adding value with their live show nowadays. And the thought of, yeah, back in the day, you used to be able to show up and just play your songs like they're recorded on the album. Here's the tunes. Just learn like the album and we'll just repeat it live. Yeah. But the importance now of thinking, no, we have, like you said, we have, this is a totally different environment. Yeah. What are you going to elongate? Even what are you going to cut out? Even if it playing
1: more infrequently, that's fine. Yeah. Because the event show, which yes. takes months to prep, as we know, yeah, is totally worth the sacrifice when it turns out right yeah it fuels the fire for a long time
0: yeah and what are you doing to like add value to other people and not just do a show every week and you're gonna just play the same songs like how right. are you changing up and making this so this could be there could i'm just saying that i'm trying to think of the positive side of there could be something cool that comes out of it and that right we're becoming better
1: performers with um, a multi-dimensional angle on performance
0: uh, yes
1: you, you yes. said it. I'm just stealing. Man, your, well, I'm stealing your words. Okay,
0: Where you, is this a thought? Pro- tell me if this is on your radar and how you navigate mm-hmm. this. Uh, a th- someone said once to me, Gabe Hagan always said, uh, "Musician or people don't go to concerts with their eyes closed." So you, as someone that's putting on a show or as an artist where do you find the balance between thinking about that side and ignoring it I that love balance. that
1: side I've always been a marketing dude so really? anything kitschy hooky funny clever You're in I have no I have I'm totally will be open about that that I am yeah. I'm a shtick dude so yes. I'm cool yeah, with I it, love it. I'm just I love cool it. With it but that's so I, so just just like, the way you think yeah because I know I'm gonna still bring pure intent to the music and the messages yes. but yeah I like some side sauce, man.
0: Yes, dude. All that, all it comes back to, like I said earlier, it comes back to uh, confidence. In my mind, the confidence that says, no, nope, I know the music's gonna be great. I'm not sacrificing the music, whatever the, this music or art is supposed to be." Uh, of like, I'm talking about like highbrow thinking about it. like oh, right. it's only about the music. It's not about the visual. No, that's that's still great too. I'm confident in that. Yeah. Now let's make the visual or the the event
1: cool too. Make the event absolutely.
0: Man, okay. Um, if you, I have a question for you to Maybe. kind of shift yeah. a little bit. Uh, you saying earlier about, you know, these are just my two cents. Mm-hmm. You know, this it could be, it could change within eight years or whatever it is. Right. I'm fascinated by the journey. Like, I'm convinced uh, everybody is, everybody is the master of their own truth and journey and you are a professional of your own experience mm-hmm. like that is a, that for every person you can't argue with experience and so I'm curious and and you can stop me if this, you've like talked about this way too much but I'm curious about this time a period of you going through your hearing stuff right and how that affected you of someone that's so passionate about music and the arts and things you're creating going mm-hmm. through a time where you feel like this might be gone. Yeah. And I'm I curious. did
1: think that. Yeah. What,
0: yeah I don't, I'm, I just, um, uh, Gould told me that you went through this, so I, but I'm not super yeah, familiar yeah. because I'm spitting all over here. <laughs> uh, but I, so I'm not super familiar sure. with that story. What, if you don't mind sharing no, what happened, no, I, don't, I don't
1: keep it succinct. Oh, dude, so you don't want me going on about, um, and boss. What happened was, it's there I had an extremely stressful period of my life that involved ex-business partners and legal issues and finance, and that was a three year ordeal. And then on top of that, I was uh what do we say uh, a typical entrepreneurial you know musician who's not sleeping, who's not eating right, who's addicted to business. And promotion and which we have to do to some extent Um, and and other things so Mm -hmm. it was like a a vortex of everything that could happen happen at once and I ended up um, my with all of that impact something happens to you right you could have a heart attack you could have weird digestion you could have you know, uh, a nervous breakdown, and I got tinnitus and hyperacusis, which is, hyperacusis is kind of like um, it's sound sensitivity, and I had some genetic predisposition. Um, people yeah. in my family yep. have had it, and for me, being uh, a level 10 OCD or, OCD or kind of get-her-done kind of guy, yep. Um, I I made the situation 10 times worse than... Oh, really? Yeah. So what happens is what I have, or tinnitus or tinnitus, is common in musicians, but it's to me, my new theories are it's not necessarily about audio. It's basically how you're, how you're wired genetically is your predisposition to where we are sensitive beings, first of all, as musicians. We're trained to hear... You know, there's a there's a song playing in the background here at Dogwood. Yes. And we're trained to know. Oh, that is the that's a rumba and that's a yeah and that's a that's that Ludwig snare from '74 and then that's a P bass from. Yes. We're trained to hear the refrigerator tone. So musicians have a tougher time with. And all tinnitus is is hearing your internal sounds. So we are electromagnetic beings. So our really. So it's called brain gating. So your brain gating. Right now, I didn't hear that song until yeah. we were talking about, about it. tinnitus, yep. but that song has been playing, but I'm so hyper-focused on our conversation yes. that my gating system shut that off. So when your gating systems are awry or chemically altered or neurologically altered, your your brain is fixated on its internal sounds that you hear through the auditory cortex, yes. not your ear. So your ear is a canal. Okay. And it's like the telephone wire, but sound is processed in your brain, not the ear. Okay. So people, and like, I know there's lots of people in our lives that have different varying degrees of tinnitus or tinnitus. Yeah. Tinnitus is the medical T- profession. Yeah, I prefer tinnitus. Eh, tinnitus. Tinnitus, right.
0: uh, It's pre- It's pronounced a yeah. <laughs> moog, not uh.
1: moog. <laughs> totally, totally, <laughs> dude. Um, and... So, that became my three-year... I'm going on four-year... Three years. Right, yeah. Holy cow. So, I didn't play music. I taught a little bit, which was great. Yeah. But I didn't play three years. Really? Yeah, man. So, I, I, I sold my amps. I sold pedals. I got rid of everything, almost. Yeah. And went on this journey of, like, medical information and health and healing. Yeah. And... But I realized through this experience that what diseases or conditions or illness um this is my personal belief system that's all is that it's how you're internally feeling or what's going on that you're not maybe taking control of or you're putting off or whatever um absolutely there's genetic things that yes. go on since birth for people that I'm yeah. not, I'm not, um, saying disclaimer. Yeah, exactly. This is, yeah. Everybody's unique. But generally yep. for my deal. I realized that in life music is the Avenue in which I express and heal and help people and, and, and heal myself and, and create. But my higher life lesson is at the time going through all of these lawsuits with that. Arch- yeah. Arch- yes. You know, arch enemy. Who will be Nameless at this point This
0: thing that was so yeah. beautiful And like fulfilling and yeah, like feeding To absolutely. you as a human has now turned on you Yeah
1: so what I learned The higher life lessons was I learned what a sociopath is So it's like <laughs> That's Which is true <laughs> Yeah. Like I how, just love
0: the level of nonchalant So I figured out what a sociopath out. is So yeah. now, I,
1: now I get it yep. But my higher life lesson through the experience Of not being able to play music for a couple of years and, and going into deep depression And and going going, looking into college again and crazy shit like that um, was, oh, I, I needed to learn the higher life lesson on resiliency. I was not yeah. a resilient person. I was a mm-hmm. very susceptible, sensitive dude who really had, as many artists do, have a hard time with the human experience because it's pretty abrasive at times. Yes. And for me, it not only did I learn the lessons on resiliency, but there was a spiritual discovery and path, but reconnecting with that that I lost Mm -hmm. because I was so in the, the, uh, the business world of, and all the legal shit and all that kind of stuff where, um, I get the higher, like even going through it, like I get what's going on here is like there's layers to our, to our being. Yeah. And the deepest layer was like, you know, I'm just not resilient. And this was a, the lesson of losing mm. everything you've invested your heart into since 15 yes. and making a living from it yes, was easily the worst thing that's ever happened to me. So, but I made a decision going through all of that, um, you know, and it was really cool learning about the brain. So mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not a neurologist. Yeah.
0: Disclaimer again. <laughs> Disclaimer.
1: But I certainly have learned a hell of a yeah. lot about the brain and how much we don't know about it. Yeah. So that's why you know um the certain condition that I'm still dealing with is it's all individualized cuz we're all hmm. hardwired differently. Yes. So that's why there's not so a there's thing. So there's no
0: like here's the fix. Yeah, you just start,
1: you try. Yeah. There's the good news is absolutely which most MDs won't tell you cuz they're not neurologists, Is there's actually a plethora of things you can do yeah. to heal, push back, get better, whatever you want to call it. Um and so I tried every one of them. Yeah. Because that's my nature. Yeah. And, and I'm going to get it right. So I found a good dozen techniques that I'm still working on. I'm yeah. still a work in progress, but I'm talking to you. So yeah. thank you no, for the I'm, opportunity. I, man, I'm loving this. Um, to understand that it wasn't like I was just, you know, a foolish kid listening loud music. Yes. Um, because most people who have this actually have good hearing. Yes, and when you see that, you're like, "Well, what is the real deal?" And we just don't know yet. Yes. So it's my theory is it's it's a culmination of many things. It's genetics. It's brain gating. It's how you handle stress and sensitivity. Um, and and the human brain really is wasn't designed to handle the threshold of modern humanity. So yeah, people can handle it. Some people can't. But I know for my specific thing, it was a stress-induced disorder that had some genetic predisposition. Um, Fortunately, there's plenty of musicians around the world that have great advice that I kind of was clinging to. Yeah. And there are ways to um, manage, if not kind of get rid of the thing. T-
0: uh, you said advice. Did mm-hmm. you, uh, when you started vocalizing this with friends, did you ever get advice overload? Because I feel like a lot of people I've met that go through something like that. Everybody's sure. like, well, here's what you do. Here's what worked for that me. Was that was daily. That was daily.
1: And, you know, I get it because I had to remember, I take my ego out that they're just trying to help. Yes. But, and I, and I say this without any pretense again, until you've gone through a catastrophic health issue, the the amount of empathy that I've learned for other people who have it far worse than I do is astronomical. So there's an empathy neuron that keeps subdividing and building a neural pathway of like in yourself. Yeah, it's like, you know, I'll walk outside of my I'll walk outside of my house and I'll have a bad day where everything's yes. ringing loud and I can't even listen to music, which is which was normal for many years like I couldn't even listen to an iPhone music. It hurt so bad. So it was like... Like a physical pain. Yeah. iPhone on one, volume one, was physically devastating.
0: No way. Yeah. So
1: that's the hyperacusis part. That's kind of the beast uh, beyond the tinnitus. But um, I'd walk outside and then there's people training because they're losing their eyesight and they're training with people. You know, you see that and you're like, all right. All right. Let's get this in perspective that yeah I know I have the inner faith and capability of overcoming this and I'm yes and I'm destined to do it I don't know how long it's gonna take yes but I have it much better than a lot of people so those kinds of resiliency tools and observations
0: man that is that's fascinating to me because uh, when you're talking about empathy right and pain and empathy mm-hmm. I am convinced There is this um, almost like a misunderstanding of connection and especially in artists and musicians who have to put stuff online on social media in this world where we put things online to connect with other people and we get likes back. I feel like there's a misunderstanding that thinking about sharing the really positive things in our life is what brings connection because people will like that. So we put our best foot forward all the time. Sure. And this is why I'm so thankful you're willing to be open and vulnerable with this. Oh, and that's why I want to dive into this stuff with this podcast Yeah. is because I'm convinced that it's only through the pain and the tough things we go through that gives us empathy to connect with other people. And that's where the connection comes from. I,
1: I'm with you on that.
0: Yeah. Um, I traveled with, I traveled with this guy when I was in college who we would play the backing band to do covers as he did public speaking, um, about like anti-bullying and like self love stuff mm-hmm. at uh, public schools okay. for, um, a few months. And one of his biggest sentences that always stuck through uh, with me was, I don't, um, I don't know you, what it's like to be you. I don't know your pain. Uh, But I have my own pain and that's what connects me to you. He was like, I have my own thing. I I know what it's like to have all these feelings or go through something like that, whether it's a health thing you're talking about. Right. And then whereas no one sees people walking, learning how to be blind, now all of a sudden you're like, oh, wait, I'm just, I'm seeing the
1: world around me differently. I'm seeing humans. Absolutely and good news for a lot of musicians who have this so back to your question there uh, there has been an ego struggle because there are like any yeah i'm sure like any anything whether it be a bad knee you know and you have the same operation everybody's reality is different and everybody's level of pain or stress is different so Mm -hmm. you and i may have the same thing yeah but we don't it's not the same thing yeah You, you may let's say if we both got knee operations in 30 years, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you know, you may be healing faster yeah. than I, and I have phantom limb pain or, do you know what I mean? Yes. So the the, the challenge is there's been a lot of musicians that reached out to me from around the globe, actually. And um, I didn't, I, I put it out there, you know what I mean? So I knew something might happen yes. like that. Yeah. And so still being midway through the process, it was a little stressful to to hear debilitating, sad, catastrophic stories from these established musicians from different countries who don't know what to do. And I'm like, well, first of all, I'm not an expert. Yeah. I'm still going through this. People reaching
0: out to you for advice. Uh,
1: Absolutely. Oh, man. Yes. So I didn't know how to handle that because that's a whole other layer of stress, which I knew might happen. Yeah. Um so I put together a manual. So anybody out oh. there there's a tinnitus hyperacusis manual on my website. It's a PDF, super cool, and it's you just click it on and it's pretty much in the show notes, yeah. Pretty much an up-to-date I give you all the people you need to contact to get better. Yeah. But yeah, so that's the other thing I learned is one person's illness um you don't know what they're experiencing so it might be mild it might be moderate or it might be depilating and mm-hmm. severe so you have to so i got a lot of people like oh yeah i got tinnitus yeah whatever i just forgot about it you should it. work through it yeah for <laughs> sure it.
0: yeah
1: it's i forgot like, about it oh i have a 70 decibel ring what do yeah. you have
0: and you well, you almost, i'll tell you what you almost got a punch in the face right yeah, now t- totally
1: <laughs> totally and and the hard part was like because you don't want to live your illness. You know, You don't uh, want be, to become your illness yes. either, which is very easy to do when something's severe. Um, so, yeah, there's been lots of lessons on just letting it go, man, and yes. just dropping the ego and knowing that people are trying to help. Yes. And their intentions are good. Yes. Like they're trying to, in its uncomfortable situation, you know, when somebody's ill with something yeah. and you don't really know what it, yeah. you're not going through it you're trying to be supportive or friendly or funny or, and yeah. you may say the wrong thing. Yes. You know?
0: Yes. So did your sentence earlier of like reminding yourself that this person's just trying to connect and be helpful. Right. No matter what this sin, no matter how Absolutely. hurtful it is, just reminding that. Yeah. Um, because I could see not being in your position, but if I try to put myself in your position, the, the, bummer of it, the pain in the ass is that people from both sides of like saying oh yeah, I had the same thing and it was over it It was got rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh it's not that easy or then other people on the other side being like heads up, it's never going away. You're like, oh Oh,
1: yeah, there's plenty of that.
0: It's like how do you find the the mental disconnect within all that?
1: Unfortunately, it's like dedicating (laughs) I dedicated myself to knowing as much about this as possible which was quite painful. Yes, But finding the six literally six people around the world that have been through it actually hmm. and know exactly how, and there happened to yeah. be either therapists or medical professionals yes. um, that can lay out the science of it way better than I can. And I found those people and I was like, uh, it was a miraculous. Moment. Yes. But you have to really dig because um, unfortunately I didn't find any, um, I went to a, um, there's a there's a cool um, clinic at the U that they had some science experiments and, and yeah. that was really um, helpful and learned a lot um, and they're re- really really cool people, um, but everybody's different. So I found my couple people that have helped me. Yeah. So it took a while, but I'm glad. <sighs> so I'm, I share those yeah. on the website.
0: Man, I'm fascinated with your sentence of saying. I, you dove in, even though it's painful at first. Dove into getting as much fact as possible, because that's not. I feel like that's not talked about a lot. Right. Like diving into the actual science and understand.
1: Yeah, uh, and I, I felt though too. I didn't have a choice because my skill set's very minimal. <laughs> like there's really not. There's really not another career that felt good. Or I, I was like, oh, I'll go on environmental oh, studies. Man, or, okay, you know all that kind of yes. stuff. Yes. And I and I, I remember going I to the colleges and the literature and I'm going something's not. I'd rather just stick it out and see what yes. happens. So, oh, so I I, I had to do it. Really, I um, wanted to do it. Yeah, but yeah, because it'd
0: be beneficial. But you have I no kinda,
1: choice. I kind of had to do it.
0: Man, uh, I connect with that so much on whatever my own level is in the sense of when you asked earlier about. My my complete music career, at least to me, feeling like it came to a halt. And right. then what do I do? Am I get, what's my plan for the future? Am I going through it? I felt the same thing of like I have no options. And everybody says, "Well, what else are you good at?" I am not good at anything. This is my skill set, and it's on it's musical. Yeah. Uh, totally. Performing in front of people
1: specifically in a live setting.
0: And what do you do Which with is that? Your gift. You, and then when that gets taken purpose, away,
1: because it's your sense yes. of purpose, and it's like that's what you're down here to do, man. Yes.
0: Okay. I love, so the whole deal about this podcast is talking about specific, what I, what I'm fascinated with life is connecting people's uh, personals to universals. Mm-hmm. So like what do you do for a job? Like the music stuff, but it's not a music podcast, but what can we like fascinated about the bigger picture behind it? Yep. And so with your stuff has this kind of naturally turned. I feel like this universal to me of what happens when you are in something so deep and it's such a positive thing that's like music or whatever mm-hmm. and those moments when that's taken away and so you mentioned uh, resilience yeah like I working went into, on being into a more
1: phenomenal resi- depression now for about six months <laughs> <laughs> like no. I thought I'd been this depressed I to it yeah, yeah totally yeah. and so then yeah. the new empathy for yeah. people who are chronically depressed yes. I'm chronically anxious so that's another thing I'm not a chronically depressed person. Never have been. I'm very. Yes. I'm, we have similar vibes. I'm totally. Like, let's go. All <laughs> yeah, right. Let's do let's it. Let's do it. Do it. Um, but yeah, I, I finally found out what.
0: What this really looks like. I thought is. I knew what it it's looks like. like. Now uh, I really yeah, do.
1: I just remember honestly thinking it's like, oh, there's the toothbrush. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't brushed my yeah. teeth. In 24 hours, uh, but I don't know if I can get up. Like I, I, such empathy, you know. So, and I, oh, I yeah.
0: do not mean to be rude by laughing, no, but no. this is the, the humor side of like the yeah. back end of thinking back of
1: like, oh, I thought I knew, now I really do. Yeah, man, it's a totally different animal. But, but sense of purpose. So, I realized that because I put all my cards and eggs in this basket. And I, I, I didn't lose a hand. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I have intrusive sounds, and I'm sensitive to sounds, but I can so and So this is sort of my, hopefully not my one-liner of the campaign of On The Men, but I had an old guitar from my sister, and mm-hmm. the only guitars that didn't hurt me physically was the, the classical nylon guitar. Yes. So I was really being in that zone. Afforded this blessing of songs And it was a very prolific Period of hmm. writing And that's what got me out of the depression Literally writing it, really? I had lots of support Yes. Good people around me I found some right science people And some right therapists and all that kind of stuff But it was really It came back to Sense of purpose of writing meaningful songs Zipped me out of that depression Pretty quick
0: Man that's awesome. I mean, I, I don't know. I just think I'm thinking about being in the moment of like the, the searching, the search mindset that you went into of trying different guitars and fi- until you found one of like, oh, this actually doesn't hurt my ears. Right. I can do this. Right. What happens if I dive into f- to it fully? Exactly. Man, I can't imagine how hard then rewarding at times yeah. that journey must have been,
1: you know, and I thought about, and I'm not going to mention any names, but there's a lot of people, a lot of musicians that I thought about that had different brain ailments or cancer or stuff that was, I'm not, I'm not saying that my thing wasn't hard, but it's like, I knew there were other levels of mm-hmm. pain and other levels of suffering that I wasn't going through. That I knew musicians who were that had to take many years off, um, that got through it. Yes. So I kept thinking about those people. Yes. And so I think it's ha- an
0: honest comparison, uh, is what I call it, mm-hmm. in the thought that we uh, we always are taught. Especially in our line of work, don't compare yourself. Comparing yourself to other people is—you need to avoid that at all costs. But no one talks about honest comparison of like, well, no, our problem is that we're always comparing to people that have it better than us, and then we then we have this feeling of like we don't have something. Right. But if you compare yourself the other way, that brings gratitude. Right. And, and like peace of that mind. That people that have it, it
1: worse are actually still living and and went through it. Yeah. And you realize that you know we're all on different paths, but that was my path is to get this thing and yeah. try to overcome it and get back to my core being Yeah. and to have a life that's a little bit more stress-free and, um, and that's my intentions for what I do were, I, I found them again. Yeah. Oh
0: man, that's so, then you're t- you found your intentions for what you do again. Yeah, again.
1: Yeah. Because like, I, I, I was too wrapped up. But it's yeah. easy to get wrapped up in it when yeah, you're man. trying to make a living. In and, and an yes. art form that's um, totally. not necessarily totally valued like yes. where you experienced in Asia or Europe. Where older cultures really value the musician yeah. as a sacred, yeah. sacred um, being in a way. It's like yeah. because there's so much cultural significance to what we do yes and I'm not saying America is void of that it's just it's not as it's not embedded in the in the psyche of the 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 Mm -hmm. the American where it's like it's like think of how you're respected as a musician immediately from somebody you don't know yeah if I'm in a symphony oh hell yeah I'm respected I'm a rock star (laughs) duh yeah right I'm a music teacher at a high school absolutely i'm a musician oh oh what else do you do <laughs> yeah so when are you gonna get a real job when are you? yeah a, like we, that, that's up to us is to without being a dictator is to educate people on what we really do because it's not their fault that they just see these extremes yes and that there's now there's people don't even know that there's hundreds of music genres yes. there's people like you're saying cruising in the town at the pantages theater every night yes I've never heard of three quarters of the musicians coming through town yes and they all have a fan base yep so there's these there's so much to be valued yes and there's so much good music going on yeah. that's affecting humanity mm-hmm. that we just have to help Americans understand that we're not just narcissistic, lazy stoners.
0: Yes, <laughs> totally, <laughs> totally. And then call out the people or, that or are whiny us the people bad name or wimpy totally, people because yeah. we're
1: just musicians. It's like yeah. they don't understand cultivating a craft for decades and <sighs> and trying to change the world, which we are. Yeah. We're trying to help people emotionally, yeah, spiritually. You know, so
0: which I feel like. Oh man, it's cool that you're saying this because you, ha- you have balance, and from this chatting with you, you have yeah. balance in a, in a topic that I just had a, a conversation with a buddy that I'd love to c- try to bring this the podcast somehow. But he said uh, he's higher up in the business world. Mm-hmm. And he feels like people that are more uh, well-rounded humans understand that even though they're doing business, they understand the need for the arts. And so they're super appreciative. They br- they're bringing people to, and they want to support that That's and amazing. fund it. And then there's this thought of sometimes musicians don't appreciate the higher business, that we
1: need the business side, too. Like, we need, the, we need each other. It, it is a, is a stone-cold fact, as much as any liberal person like myself wants to complain yep. about corporate America, that Target, 3M, General Mills support pretty much most of the cool things that are going on around yes. town. Yep. And that there's good people in those organizations. Yes. And then I have to drop my renegade BS, yeah, and go no. There's good people and cool people in every institution, and that whether it's a tax write-off or their intent is to, like you're saying, yeah, generate community and and, and build culture in, in our area. I gotta believe it, yeah, and yeah.
0: Oh man, so I'm I'd glad you brought that up. The whole yeah, the wholeness of it. Like yeah. we need each other, And But it sounds like I mean, even from just chatting with you, it sounds like you've got. A good grasp on that of no, let's, let's take care of the art. I mean, obviously, but also we need to talk economics. We need to talk about like musicians need to be paid a fair amount. We need, like, you, if Absolutely. it's not sustainable, then
1: you can't make art. I was talking to a jazz guy, this was like a couple years ago, like four years ago, and he was talking about a three hour set of jazz, like in '68, making $150. And I'm like, well, that's what. That's what goes down now in yeah. 2018. Yeah. That's pretty. Because I think it's, it's helpful for artists to, because people think, oh, you're just on stage entertaining us. Yeah. And there are avenues in music where that mm-hmm. is true. Yep. like you know, let's say I'm in a corporate cover band. My job is to play yep. cover songs as best I can. Yes, and move around and entertain and provide a background soundtrack for a jovial yep. event or a charity event or whatever.
0: I'm doing that in a couple of weeks.
1: Cool. My so only job is to be in the background
0: of pictures at somebody's wedding reception.
1: Love it. Love and it. You, and you need that's needed. It's needed. It's needed for something. And so there's all these roles we have, and yeah. some are different than others, but. Generally, if, if people only knew our intent, um, what's to entertain? That's part of the deal. I'm all for that, too. But we have other in- motivations and intentions mm-hmm. that are of depth. Um, yes. Not to say that entertainment isn't... Deep. Deep, and ne- yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I like my Friday night bands, oh, yeah. right? You know. Um, but yeah, that were really well-intended, studied human beings that really care that's just and we really take our craft seriously just like a welder would or or a a, you know an author or a you know a manager or you know it's like yes it's 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 serious stuff to us yeah man
0: Man, that is i totally agree and i that i that's maybe not understood i like i said i don't want to put a big blanket statement. Out right. there, but I feel like that's not often understand about how much social change can be brought about through the arts it's nowadays. Ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. Whereas back in the day you had something, even, even in like art history, someone crafting a painting or a sculpture, or I think about my wife works at boom Island. Mm-hmm. It's a brewery in Northeast Minneapolis, mm-hmm. uh part-time just for, uh, with the husband and wife that own the brewery. Uh, Played for the Minnesota Orchestra, and they're they're deep in the classical world. And they were talking about a Russian ballet that was the music was so I can't remember the name of it, but the music was so intense. People were essentially create it created a mob because wow. it was so offensive and like changing to people mm-hmm. at the time. It created a whole revolutionary change and shift. I'm like, that's what art can do. Absolutely. But now it's so watered down that it's just like it's another another thing to click next on YouTube.
1: You know, an artist, a visual artist said to me, this is very recent, and it was very eye-opening. So, how many people do you know? I know one comedian. Personally? Uh, yep. Say, yeah. I know dozens of visual artists. I know, to a lesser degree, some photographers, that music is just, there's more musicians, per mm. se, that people and music people can create music in GarageBand who aren't musicians. Yeah. So music is this art form though that seems to be more accessible versus I can't draw a portrait. Yes. Do you know what I mean? How many people can, you know, do, like we're looking at some modern art on the wall here at Dogwood. Yeah. So who's a conceptual modern artist or who is a you know, a traditional um, artist who is interpreting literally what's going on. So, I don't know many people that can, you know, hey, here's a picture of Lee and draw it. Okay, yeah. I'll do it right now. Yeah. I don't know many people that can do that. Yes. But everybody takes piano when they're young, it seems, in America, or some sort of mm-hmm. instrument, you yep. know? So, I think there's just more musicians, maybe, in that. I don't know.
0: Yeah, maybe that's true. And that it's and our accessibility art forms And technology? Accessibility. Yeah. Where like, anybody can record everybody, in the bedroom.
1: How about this? The scary part. Everybody thinks they can be a musician. Yeah. Man, because there's a lot of there's a lot of bad music <laughs> there out there is. on SoundCloud. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. And th- okay, so um, okay, let me ask you this, and I want to I want to be respectful of your time, so we I'm can wrap here. Do you think, man? I in a world where where everybody's nervous about losing whatever they have, and the world in a world where. A lot of my conversations as I get older with my other musician friends is about, man, all these younger up and coming guys, how do you stay relevant? How do you stay in demand or add value or whatever it yeah. is? Or in a world where anybody can record something, anybody can do something, even though it's not great, their not greatness is way better than mediocre 10, 15 years ago. Right. So, in that world, where do you start placing your own personal value and
1: focus, if that makes sense? Like, where do you, in your yeah. art, uh, well first of all it's kicking my ass to be better like I am I am at home I am I got mm. my dry race boards I got my laptop I got uh, I'm re- like it is making me because YouTube God bless it in a million different ways it's it's everything that was there that we never knew was there is here mm. so everybody oh, is that is such a great sentence brilliant people in Prague right now and yes and in Budapest. and But it wasn't or, here. It was there. It was there, and we didn't know it's about see, it. Yeah. So it's really been oh, a fire yes. for me to go, what do I need to do? Okay, good is not good enough anymore. No. It's got to be great. So it's like I'm training and training. So I feel like, okay, I'm making my little mini come back and playing the acoustic mm-hmm. guitar, which is a bitch by the way <laughs> so kudos to any acoustic upright players uh, and guitar so players out there who are brilliant i can name 20 of them right now it is a bitch to be good on acoustic guitar <laughs> you know so yeah. i'm going i'm going back to my wimpy a little electric um but i'm okay with that that's yeah. who i am um that's funny yeah but it's like so right now it's like okay it's quality it's yeah. good like there's good tunes i'm i'm really happy with my recording really happy with it you know, especially what I was going through of not being able to having thirty decibel ears in the studio and not hearing your—I'm relying on internal vibration to hear anything. Oh, I don't—I don't even use monitors and like that. No, n- I now. never use monitors anymore. Yeah. So I just earplugs, monitors. So that sounds like a whiny thing. Sorry. Man, I'm in that world too. People call me crazy.
0: I'm—I—I uh, I use like headphones. I'm a big cans guy for mixing everything.
1: Right. And no, then, anyways, yeah. No. Smart. Yeah. Um. But it's like, okay, this is... How do you feel about it? Well, people like it, so that's cool. That's very important, obviously. But it's like... And they're getting something out of it. But as an artist, yeah, I'm like, all right, I'm good. Yeah. I, I like what I do, but I'm not... I got to get back to great. Because yes. unfortunately or fortunately yes that's just kind of where we're at with humanity is there's lots of great players there's a lot of great players so use it as motivation to become the best you you can be as cliche as that sounds
0: man i just had a conversation this last week's uh conversation with this whole deal uh was my buddy eric pearson who's a director and into the film side of minneapolis and his big thing was reminding himself that you are better than good enough and that has become a mantra. A friend of his said that. Awesome. And it's become a mantra for him of like, no, good enough just doesn't cut it anymore. You have to
1: be better than good enough. Right. Like you're saying, they need for... Yeah. What and makes you exceptional? Like, I realize, and this is kind of a, we'll call it a pop confession, is that <laughs> I feel that I've always been, and I say this with humility, not like any weirdness, um, because I dedicated my life to this thing, that I'm above average, but i still have so much room for improvement and so it's that fine balance of seeing let's say players on youtube from some yes. other country where i know in my lifetime i'll never be that technically proficient okay right yes because i feel you can't judge creativity yes right yes a good song is a good song that yes. kind of thing but for me... As Says a,
0: you and people that I agree with. Plenty of people that want to dive into the world of like, well, I uh, that technically is <laughs> Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, so, I'm
1: all in. But so it's it's all about your personal interpretation of what's going on. And mine is that, okay, I'm not going to be technically that good ever in my lifetime. Yes. And that is a featured, valued thing right now. So how do I not get depressed about that and shut down and, re- and retreat? Because that is a human trait that I've been struggled with at times of retreating? Yes. And how do I go, how do you be content knowing that, okay, creatively, I feel I'm cool with my creativity, but that extra thing that the ego wants, the athlete in me wants, is greatness and perfection may not be super obtainable within my lifetime. Yes. So how do I Mindfully go, all right. I'm literally at this point in time the best I can ever be. Mm-hmm. There's always room for improvement next year, but look at my life, look at the circumstances. It's like, and human beings, especially musicians, because we're so future driven, we don't look back and see how we progressed. Yes, you know, it's like, oh man, I know, yeah. I know. Like I so it's it's you gotta go back yes. every year because you mentioned your your mm. monthly check-in so you're that's yeah. really good work man
0: yeah I have going, to
1: where I go from where was I and so if you see improvement even it's minimal you're gonna have to pat yourself on the back and go hey dude or do this you know do that do it's you're doing okay man yeah yeah you're just not gonna be Scovia but yeah. that's okay <laughs> you gotta be fine with that yeah you gotta be fine with that
0: oh man I. That's awesome. I love that thought of comparing yourself to your past self. Like you're saying of like, no, I'm, i moving forward. There has to be, I'm just obsessed. That's my new obsession is right where you're talking about, uh, of like, I'm obsessed with movement. I want to be a man of action. It's like, cool. If I have an idea, I got to act on it. Let's move. Let's do things. Let's create something, make something. Right. Oh, uh, and I don't have to be awesome, but just, do something I wasn't good at yesterday. Maybe right. I don't know. Yeah. I'm just saying. I'm just thinking of like how I just resonate with that.
1: Yeah, because I think being professional musicians, we want to be above average. Yeah. So we we're striving yeah. for some sort of greatness, but it's that fine line of doing what I did is like putting yourself into a health situation mm. or a mental health situation. Yes. And how are you going? It's that balance of striving and working, but also. Not killing yourself, trying to do it, you know. But I'm also speaking from yeah. a midlife point of view. I'm not 23 anymore, where yeah. I didn't think of any of this crap, and I just, you know, yeah, didn't sleep,
0: which is totally cool. Yeah, because iTunes is still gonna be around in a few years. Come back and listen to this when you're, because you everybody's gonna come back and think of the same thing, right? Yeah. If you're not there yet, it's it's just bound to happen where you start thinking about these things. I, right. I at least I'm just thinking myself because I didn't think about any of this crap, right before the past few years right now i'm all existential what am i doing with my life what <laughs> totally. does this mean am i being totally. yeah
1: every moment you're <laughs> mindful well, i don't know i put my shoe on that way what does that mean oh, yeah, oh.
0: i annoy the crap out of my wife because <laughs> i've even to the point of like I've researched so we've all I've found out we all tie our shoes wrong typically and we're not right tying them in square knots so I'm like okay how do I retrain myself to tie my shoe in the proper I watched like a TED right. talk just five minutes on how oh to tie gosh. your shoe properly it's so annoying and dumb right. like even that thing like I gotta well, make sure well, we're 10xing everything well what
1: you're saying and what you're doing which is kudos to you is you're trying to maximize your time here yeah and you're trying to make yeah. use of your gifts and yeah. the gift of life and all that kind of stuff yeah,
0: so, yeah. but I'm, I need to keep it balanced (laughs) and in check because good creativity is not going to be i don't it usually doesn't come from that yeah that doesn't breed good good art or whatever you're gonna making something new um man okay let's do this let's wrap up with yep some i want to ask you a couple technical questions okay and a game I'm calling. If this were real life, I'd be the most annoying person in the room right now. But since I have a podcast, I can do this because it's acceptable. Love it. Otherwise known as rapid, a couple rapid-fire questions. Um, okay, so I'm fascinated in like tech, technical, technical, tactical, tactical tricks. Okay, I'm gonna start it over. Technical, technical, tactical kind of things you've used mm-hmm. in situations. So while you're saying, you're talking about. When you find yourself in a moment where you realize you're go- your brain's going down the sports road of music, comparing yourself to the speed or whatever, all right. these technical things yeah. about the people, is there a tactical thing mentally you use to pull yourself out of that and center yourself?
1: Boy, I'm still working on that. I got to be honest with that. Because yeah. I feel like I'm coming into the music game again, like as yeah. a fresh. So I'm, yeah. it's almost like starting over in a way. Yeah. Um, and I, I have... Yes, there is a tactic. Is that I think I'm making great improvements on using those people strictly as inspiration and not as competitors. Oh, so I'm trying, but I yes. feel like I'm making progress with that. And it is a conscious effort. I oh. verbalize stuff out loud in my music room like it's all about just being the, the living up yes. to your capability only. And looking at those guys and going, thank you. So I'm giving thanks to those people yes. for kicking my butt yes. in a healthy way. So that's what I'm literally trying to do a lot. Ugh. But it's very hard. I'm trying to just null down that ego a little bit. You uh, know what I mean? Dude, that is so
0: awesome and so hard for me.
1: It's so hard. Oh, and, and being yeah. okay with that, it's, yeah. it is real and it's hard.
0: Yeah. Which is, okay, being real with the hardness
1: of it in yeah. the sense of like, okay. And that, th- yeah, I am competitive and at this moment. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. not all the time. Yeah. But, and that, what can I take? Wow, they've really dedicated their life to that and that's inspiring. And yeah, kudos, man. They're awesome. Yeah. It's got to give it up. Yeah. Got to give it up. I don't need to, yeah. Oh, that's awesome. I
0: love that. I mean, think about that. Is this like the question of, is this inspiring me? Can I want? I want to be able to, I want to be able to take in someone that's even doing what I want to be doing.
1: That's are they, the hardest that's, part. When right. they're doing well, something I want to be doing. You're seeing your kin right there. Oh right?
0: man. The number, I had this thing called, I called it the numbers game. And what I would do is I found myself whenever I'd see someone that is where I would like to be in the future, I would count down their age. Okay. So they're this age. And I mean, I'm this age. So I have this many years to get where they are. When it was the, what really killed me is when they were younger than me. I'm right. like,
1: Oh, there was someone right. my peer and I had to quit the numbers game absolutely it's, I, I've totally been there I understand that Man. that is because um, I'll give you an example yeah. my favorite example of anything can happen in the world is Klein, Nels Klein joins Wilco at 50 so that's all I gotta say it was obviously an underground sensation in the art world I was working at a bookstore got the call what joined Wilco at 50 so Uh, there's what's cool about i love those stories right those give me so much fuel well yeah because there's always it's it's not in vast numbers but there's always an inspirational story of a seasoned artist it's time when it's time it's your time when it's time
0: man i love the thought some the stories that are close to that of um especially people that completely shifted careers. Oh yeah. I did this for like, I did this for like 50 years. And then when I was 55, I decided I'm going to do this. And that's when all my, everything blew up or something. I met
1: an amazing pottist who started in her seventies. Who's brilliant. Yes. That kind of thing. So it's just like, all right, you gotta, you gotta clean, you gotta clean house internally. You gotta, like you're doing check in all the time. You gotta work at your craft and you gotta have that attitude when you're internally clear and you're feeling good about yourself, things happen.
0: Oh man, I love that. Okay, here's the wrap up to tie this all in. Context. This whole conversation seems to be centered around context, whether it is earlier talking about people giving advice for everybody coming to you giving you advice or asking for advice outside of the context of your own DNA mm-hmm. this advice doesn't work for everybody right. you need to find what works for you within your context right. musically uh, hey, bringing context to whether you're comparing other people I don't know and this is the whole thing it seems like uh, and even in this ending, this this section of like talking about the context of like they are perfect for this music. Find your voice, and then find the outlet that your voice is needed. Right. And that's kind of reaching back a little bit of ways, but yeah. I just think that's awesome. It's a good closer, Dude, My attempt to tie it all in. That was awesome. Man, I can keep talking all day with you know, this stuff. This is thanks for meeting up with me. Thank you. And also, I'm really pumped about this. We have a map right there on the front of the website that shows all the locations that these interviews and conversations have taken place. It's pretty cool. You can click on it. You can see where these have done. If you want to go visit them, if you've heard something you like and you want to go check it out for yourself, that's right there. Or you can just check it out at thecuriouspod.com slash map or just right there on the front of the website. I'll show. I'll show. (laughs) Also if you want to reach out to me on social media or follow me anywhere pretty much everything online is the Rob Morgan at the Rob Morgan whatever you you you, you know the drill all right enough of that nonsense all this podcasting has made me thirsty you know <laughs> I am so pumped that I do not have to deal with sponsors for this podcast or else I'd have to tell you, podcasting makes me thirsty and nothing quenches a podcast thirst, whether you're listening, uh, interviewing, editing, recording, listening to something unrelated to a podcast, nothing quenches a thirst like a Guinness. Hey, Hopi, can I steal you for a second? Do you have anything you want to say about Guinness?
1: I'd like to take a minute to thank Guinness because it truly is made of more, that's all. All right,
0: that's it, thanks. (laughs) Uh, I love that crap. Alright, have a great week. See you next Tuesday. Anything else? Thanks
1: for being here. I got
0: nothing. Say the most random thing you can think of. Yell it.
1: I got nothing. The only word I can think of is formaldehyde. Perfect.